So I'm Cheryl Brisbane, also known as Pastor Terry's wife, um, amongst other hats and roles that I have here. But most of all, I'm known as mom. And one of my job descriptions as mom is I go on field trips. And I personally, I love going on field trips. So two Fridays ago, we had, um, I went on a field trip with my uh, daughter, Aubrey. In fact, she's right there. Her seventh grade class, we went to Great America, you know, with all the rides. Now, I don't do those spinning things, okay? I don't do spinning rides, but I love roller coasters. Anybody here, are you any roller coaster fans here? Right on, okay. You know, but you know, I don't like those newfangled ones. You know, they kind of hurt your head. I like the, the, the old-fashioned wooden ones, like the Grizzly and the Giant Dipper, you know, in Santa Cruz. Those are my favorite ones. And if I can get the front seat, I will get the front seat. In my opinion, that's the best seat, okay? Because it's just like no obstructions, no one's in front of you. You know, it's just me and, like, sudden death. <laughs> it's just like something exciting about that. You know, they start out the same. You know, you go around a couple of curves. Then all of a sudden, you go up that hill. You know, you can hear that sound, like click, 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 click. And all of a sudden, whew, and you're like plunging down, and everyone's screaming, and you know, your adrenaline's pumping, and everyone's laughing, and it's great. Then all of a sudden, the, the ride comes to an end. And, you know, it comes to a screeching halt, and your hair's windblown, and your eyes are watering, and you just kind of go, man, I want to do this again. So we did. <laughs> And we did, and we did, okay? That's seventh graders, right? So, so you don't think you go, I don't know, like 20 times on it. <laughs> so I feel like motherhood can be a lot like that, a lot like that ride. There's a lot of ups and downs and twists and turns, and it's in constant motion, a little bit of screaming, a lot of laughing, and then all of a sudden before you know it, it just seems like their childhood just comes to like a, a screeching halt. You know, it comes to an end, and then you, you just really miss it. And when they say that time flies, it is true. And I never used to believe it, but right now at this stage of my life, I, I look back and I go, it's true. I mean, this year, Caleb, you know, turns 20 years old. He's our, our oldest. And then Chloe is 18. Um, Jacob is turning 16. And then Aubrey is 13 years old. So, you know, I, just like yesterday, I was changing their diapers. And then, you know, today I'm seeing a couple of my oldest ones off to college. So time flies by really quickly. Some of you might remember um, a few months ago, my husband, Terry, he had, he had spoken in a message and he had, um, he had mentioned a conversation that we, we had had. And I remember telling him, you know, somewhere along the way, there was a last time that I held, you know, one of our, our kids' hands in the store. You know, there was a last time that I carried them up to bed, you know, and I didn't even know it. It passed me by and I didn't even know it. And if I knew it now, you know, if I knew that was the last time, I would have held on a lot longer. In fact, I'd probably still be holding them right now. <laughs> so maybe it's good that didn't happen. <laughs> well, wait, there, there was a last time that I do remember though. Okay, there was a last time I do remember. I remember the last diaper I changed. Now, this is very important because for nine years straight, I changed diapers, one child after the other. So when that diaper came, I was so excited. <laughs> I was just like, I brought it to Terry, Terry, this is our last, this is the last diaper. We need to celebrate, we gotta have a party. You know, this is great. And he's like, okay. And I go, no, really. I was so happy that I wanted to put it in the freezer. 
I, I'm, I'm totally serious. I really did. Well, what? You know, they, they, you put wedding cake tops, right, in the freezer. Something means something to you. That meant something to me. You know, this is the last one. But yeah, I think he was afraid that I might get things mixed up in the freezer and serve something else for dinner. So no, no. So don't worry. There's no diaper in the freezer. Okay. In these past 20 years, um, I've learned a lot about myself as a parent. And I think just in relationships in general, you learn a lot about yourself because things come out in you that you didn't know were, you know, was there. So the right button, buttons are pushed and all of a sudden outcomes like selfishness or you know, pride or control, impatience. And you kind of go, ooh, where did that come from? So you know, there are a lot of things I had to work on. But on the other hand, there was also the capacity to feel things very deeply. You know, I never knew that I could love so deeply or that I could worry so much. You know, try putting keys in the hands of newly licensed teenagers. You worry a lot. You know, or that my feelings could be hurt so easy. Uh, there's that saying, you know, sticks and stones may hurt, break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And whoever wrote that had no idea what they were talking about because really words, they do hurt. But also, I've been able to you know, feel joy so profoundly. I mean, just watching my kids grow up and doing the things that they love doing, it's been great, it's been awesome, it's been a blast living life with them. So I've had a lot of fun. There's something else, though, I discovered mm -hmm. along the way, too, that was totally, it was a surprise. It was a surprise, an unexpected surprise. When I started appreciating my own mother. You might go, yeah, doesn't everybody? No, not everyone does. And you know, we didn't really have a great start in life. Uh, my mom was orphaned at six years old and uh, was pregnant with me at 16. And then she divorced my father at 13 years, when I was 13 years old. And you know, basically a lot of my memories of my mom during my childhood and teenage years was that she, you know, she was basically kind of emotionally absent. You know, she was really busy trying to find herself and trying to find love in all the wrong places. And the both of us, we were in survival mode. And when you're just trying to survive, you know, you don't have a lot to give to anybody else. But in 1979, something pivotal happened. It was my senior year in high school. And, uh, you know, simply put, you know, God invaded our lives. And I, I wasn't looking for it. We weren't looking for it. We didn't, weren't seeking for it. But through several different people talking to us, um, you know, we accepted Jesus into our, into our heart. And um, it was, in fact, that happened at different times, but in the same year. So it was a very slow process, slow, um, and just what, what the Lord was doing in our, in our lives. It wasn't easy, but, you know, through the years, we began to see in our relationship, God beginning to restore what was lost. I think of the scripture found in Joel 2.25. Uh, says that God will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. Now, I remember the Bible story, you know, about the, the, the plague of locusts that Moses called down and it covered Egypt. But I personally have never seen a plague of locusts. However, when I did a little research, I did see a plague of locusts on YouTube. It's weird what you find on YouTube, but you can find all kinds of stuff on there. And I actually saw one. So, and, and I learned something about it because, um, you know, the conditions have to be right. 
And when they are right, locusts can breed very, very rapidly. And when they do, they create these huge devastating uh, uh, swarms. And they're like black clouds, and they come down on land and basically just strip it. They just eat everything that they can find on it that's green, that's a plant, and there's just nothing that's left of it when a swarm of locusts is done. Um, and then literally, a couple of years after that, there will not, uh, it will not have the capacity to grow anything on that land. Nothing will live on that land for the next couple of years. Maybe some of us can kind of relate to that. You know, maybe there's been a black cloud that's been hovering in certain areas of our life. Maybe there are people that have hurt us or disappointed us, betrayed us. You know, maybe there's situations or something that we feel like has been stripped from us unfairly. And we kind of look at those areas of our life and we just go, there's no way life could ever come back into, into this area. But I want to tell you this. God can restore what the locusts have eaten. And when we invite the Lord into our situation, when we ask him into it, you know, he will meet us right where we're at. And he hears us, and he does not forget he knows what's going on. And when we ask him in, we will, you know, he will be faithful. And healing will come, and it might not happen tomorrow, and it might not happen in the way that we imagined it or we want it to be, but life will start to come back. And it'll be kind of like green shoots, you know, that are like trying to push up through that dry, hard ground. That's how it's gonna, that's how it's gonna be like in our own hearts when we ask the Lord to come into it. So just last May, um, I asked my mom to share her story at our women's coffee talk. And she really does have a pretty awesome story to tell. It was a very powerful time for, our, for the both of us. And I just remember, um, as we were sitting there, kind of our eyes caught each other. It was sort of that unsaid you know, thing, but we just could read each other. And I, it was just like, we both were in awe. We said, the, it, just by looking at each other, this is a God thing. This is totally a God thing that something could be restored here that we thought could never be restored, you know? Um, so it was very powerful. And at the very end of the meeting, uh, she asked me to forgive her, you know, for all the years that she had been emotionally absent. And I told her, Mom, I had forgiven you a long time ago, but it was still really nice to hear it. You know, so for many of us, we may never hear those words, will you forgive me? It may never come. But that's not where forgiveness and healing begins. You know, it really begins in here. It begins in our own heart. When we give up, you know, the right to hold on. When we give up the right to, like, nurture our wounds. And then we invite God into it. We invite the Lord to bring healing. There's another scripture in 2 Corinthians um, 3.17. It says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And God wants us to be free. He wants to give us a hope and a future. God is, he is in the restoration business. It's his specialty. So right now, we're going to switch gears, but we want to remain going in the same direction. The creative arts team has put together um, a drama presentation that is along the same, the, the theme um, of our current series, Overcoming the Hurts of Life. And 
in it, you know, as in life, there are different kinds of hurts. There are small ones and there are big ones, and some wounds are fresh, and some wounds have been around for a long time. But in this play, we're going to get to know four women. Two of them are mothers, and as they, you know, muster up the courage to confront um, some unique hurts in their own lives. So I think you will enjoy this. Uh, we hope that it's a blessing to you. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs>